You can't be brave if you've only had wonderful things happen to you. Mary Tyler Moore. How to begin running again after having COVID-19. Have you ever wanted to start running but didn't know where to start or started a couch to 5K but quit because it wasn't catered to you? Or better yet, you've been running for a minute, knocked out all the 5Ks, hit up some half marathons, but you keep getting injured, not getting faster, and you're questioning your love for running. If you're a woman over age 35 and been trying to figure out this running thing on your own or don't know where to start, this show is for you. Welcome to Runners University, Women's Guide to Running After 35. My name is Dr. Leticia, physical therapist, certified running nutrition coach, and I've been helping women for many years now tackle aches, pains, build strength, and break mental barriers to living their best life on and off the pavement. Every episode, I take the guesswork out of how to train smarter, faster, and run for life without nagging injuries and actually enjoying it. Let's make running or walking into your 40s, 50s, and beyond your best yet. Hey, ladies. Thank you and welcome back. I just really appreciate you tuning in and listening. There's going to be a gazillion other things that you could be doing right now. But how to begin running again after having COVID-19. Now, it's no mistake, no surprise here that it's been in the previous year, it was a tough one. A lot of uh, family members succumbed to COVID-19. There's others that were able to recover. So definitely want to say a prayer to those that have suffered with COVID-19 as well as those family members that had perished. All right, first things first. This is not to be replaced from advice from a medical doctor. So this is all about providing you with some knowledge and guidance, not to necessarily treat you. The reality is most runners and active individuals won't go to their primary doctor. So hopefully I can help you out with some tidbits on today. So I'm going to go through a couple of uh, addressing some research articles, some information from the CDC, Harvard, Hopkins and Yale, not Billy Bob's site on fitness. Sorry, Billy Bob, but we're looking at some credible resources to be able to help you with some guidance if you're returning to running after being down for a little bit um, with COVID-19 symptoms. And also a lot of these studies also looked at those that tested positive but were asymptomatic as well. Before we hop in there, let's take a little bit about what's going on in my world real quick. We're still in virtual learning with the sixth grader. I don't know if you ladies out there have kids on virtual learning, especially boys, but it's a new kind of crazy trying to get everything all organized and keeping him on track. So pray my strength when it comes to virtual learning. All right, let's dig in. Dr. Jordan Metzel and his crew published a great guide called The Consideration for Return to Exercising Following Mild to Moderate COVID-19 in the Recreational Athlete. So let's go ahead and dig into some of their recommendations. So just because the majority of COVID-19 cases are mild to moderate, resulting in symptom resolution within six weeks of symptoms, it doesn't mean, doesn't mean people aren't out here dying and the minority disparities uh, are just overwhelming, but that's for a whole nother show. So they looked at several body systems that are affected with the virus. Most frequently, they look at the cardiac, pulmonary, hematologic, musculoskeletal, and the gastrointestinal systems. But we're just going to talk about cardiac, pulmonary, and musculoskeletal system as it relates to um, those individuals who want to get back to endurance sports and running. 
So first, what does not, first, what does not being active do to your body? The effects of inactivity can really rapidly change your body's metabolism. It's even said that a two week reduction in daily steps going from 10,000 steps down to about 1500 steps has been shown to impair insulin sensitivity, lipid metabolism, and increase visceral fat in otherwise healthy adults. So this means even in that two week time period, insulin sensitivity, increasing risk for prediabetes and diabetes, lipid metabolism, increasing risk for increased fat, as well as cholesterol levels, and then increasing Unfortunately for a lot of us ladies, it's gonna be in that abdominal area. So inactivity can just tear you down real quick. All right, the cardio system. So uh, things such as arrhythmia, myocarditis, and acute myocardial injury. Yes, heart can definitely be affected, but this doesn't happen all the time, but it may also present as chest pain, uh, palpitations, or fatigue. So they even saw that in competitive athletes, up to a two week period and gradual return to exercises with are the guidelines they're using even for asymptomatic positive tests as well. And now even possibly doing an EKG. So if you guys remember some weeks ago, at least at the time of this recording, there was the um, college basketball player from Florida that had COVID earlier in the summer and collapsed on the court. That was very scary to even see. I saw the video of that and I did not want to see that again. So thankfully he's recovered and he's on, on the way to recovery, but they did, they did those tests. They did the EKG, they did um, heart testing and he was cleared. But he also ended up being diagnosed with myocarditis. So do we know the long-standing effects of what's going on? It's just too, no, too new for us to really know. So for recreational athletes, that's most of us, you know, um, for those mild to moderate symptoms um, and you have completely recovered, then you can do some return to activity without testing. So they don't necessarily require doing the additional um, EKG and heart testings at that point. So if you want to be more conservative, recommend two to three weeks of rest. So um, low activity. And then after the symptoms are gone, then you can return there. But in a patient with myocarditis associated with COVID-19, they recommend rest from exercise for three to six months following testing. So that might be where the road from that young man, he might be on the road for that type of recovery, especially because he had that um, life altering event there. Okay, so pulmonary system. System. Most people um, around five to seven days that they're seeing, there have been apparent heightened risk of your respiratory status just kind of like going downhill. That that status is between like day seven and fourteen. So you may even have those initial days of being positive that you don't really have symptoms, but then things start to change as we get into that uh, fourteen day. That's what they're some of those recommendations. Obviously, we're for a fourteen day quarantine. According to the World Health Organization, the medium time from symptom onset to clinical recovery is approximately two weeks. And then it's three to six weeks for patients with severe or critical disease. There also was a report in the Lancet Respiratory Medicine. They recommend prolonged rest after infection, 10 or more days from symptom onset, plus another seven days um, after your symptoms are gone. So this is serious business when it comes to 
um, the cardiovascular and your pulmonary sy uh, systems. I've even heard from um, some other runners or other individuals that have had COVID that they still have that feeling of just feeling tired. Uh, sometimes like they can't quite catch their breath when they're going to return to activity that lingers months and months um, past that. So really being able to see a clear picture of what's going on, it still remains to be seen. Okay, last but not least, for looking at our systems that are affected, musculoskeletal system. So intense exercise should be avoided in those experiencing muscle pain and muscle fatigue. So they did say that um, acetaminophen or brand name for Tylenol may be helpful for pain control, but like I said before, fatigue is commonly reported in addition to having kind of like the muscle aches that may last for weeks. So a key here is return to exercise should be guided by symptoms. So it's easy, right? Symptomatic, avoid intense exercise. Sounds simple, right? Not really. There's still real, no real guidance for what you should do to return. So another guideline to look at would be low intensity exercise for one week before returning to more moderate exercise. So decreasing in mileage, of course, it could be that maybe you started out with just walking, walk run intervals, whatever your fitness level, that's a lower intensity exercise, and then start to ramp back up again. So don't beat yourself up that you can't just hop back into the same routine because your body actually has gone through changes for sure. So what does this look like for you? So you're gonna use lower work to rest ratios and then progressively, then progress gradually up to full intensity. Now this is a standard by the National Strength and Conditioning Association. So that means lower work and increase the rest for those. So give your body some time to kind of do healing and do its things. Well, another thing that I've seen is that there's some studies that indicate that previously trained athletes undergoing short periods of detraining, meaning short periods of not being at their, their top fitness level and not doing their same training, which is one between one and four weeks, did not exhibit a large detraining effect. So you won't just lose it all if you've been down for four weeks. It has to take, you will lose probably a, um, a good amount early on in those first two weeks, and then it starts to level off. So don't feel like you just lost everything if you haven't run for a month. But I believe like a lot of the standards with the low intensity exercise for a week and returning to more moderate exercise, they, they have really been cautious because they're not really knowing the cardiovascular changes that may have occurred even after symptoms have resolved. So what does this mean for you? You wanna monitor yourself closely, especially the three to six months after, and your plan may look a lot like a progressive return to exercise slash or running over a period of months, not weeks. So still don't feel like you know, you're not gonna make it through the running season or whatever your timing may be because um, it may take a little bit longer than you think. You wanna to listen to your body, monitor your symptoms, and have adequate recovery periods in between your exercise bouts. So that might not mean that you have, you've been having daily runs prior to that. It may, re may mean that now you're every other day or now you've decreased um, your mileage for sure and increased also increase your recovery time because we want to be in this for the long haul. We want to run for life, ladies. So a temporary decrease in our training, it's okay. I know it's a lot of time running 
keeps the crazy away. I definitely feel you on that. But let your body do its thing and gradually get back on it. So as much we as much as we like to hit the pavement in the gym hard, we just don't have enough data right now because this is so new. All right. So if you want something to hone on to when you're thinking about where how do I return back to running and, and exercise? So there was what's called the 50, 30, 20 and 10 rule that was developed by the National Strength and Conditioning Association and the Collegiate Strength and Conditioning Coach Association. So that was a joint committee that where you were supposed to use this over a four week period. So that means that the volume for the first week, your volume for the first week will be reduced by at least 50% of your normal load, followed by 30%, 20%, and then 10% in the following three weeks. And you're progressing through those if you feel comfortable at the end of each week. So when it comes to running, when you take time off, unfortunately you do lose your fitness pretty quickly, especially after a two week break initially, but you don't, uh, but you do hold on to some of those long-term gains. So you don't lose it all in a short period of time. It takes much more uh, longer for you to totally say, hey, I'm just gonna start from square one, even though it may feel like you have to start from square one. So wrapping it all up, return to run and running is guided by symptoms. Take it slow. Don't beat yourself up that you aren't ready to jump back into your number routine. You are a survivor, girl. It may take longer than you think. Make sure you join me on next week and I'll be talking all about nutrition to fuel your runs. Let's get all of the confusion out of what I should eat before a run, after a run, or should I even eat at all? So I'll see you next week for nutrition to full fuel your runs. And if you haven't already, make sure you go ahead, tell a friend about this podcast, subscribe and leave a review that will help a sister out quite a bit. All right. See you on next week. Hey, girl. Thanks for listening to the show today. If you're new to running or tired of trying to search Dr. Google on the best ways to begin and continue running without giving up or getting burnt out, then head over to www.runnersuniversity.co slash get started to grab my bulletproof running guide for women. You got this girl. Do your thing. Music produced by King Music. Check them out, y'all.